Radio Primavera Sound at Primavera LA with support from Cupra. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound from Primavera LA. My name is Ben Cardio and I have for you a conversation with Ruth, Maria, Nathan and Ali, a.k.a. Special Interest, a spectacular dance punk band from New Orleans. Their new album, Endure, is out on November 3rd on Rough Trade. So, um, here with Special Interest, who just played an amazing gig at Primavera LA. It was um, Saturday afternoon, and I don't think Saturday afternoon knew what happened to it, quite frankly. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, It's a real pleasure to have them here. And we were just talking uh, off microphone, and I've got to ask again, because they played Barcelona, and... Um, you said it was one of your biggest gigs today, right? Who, who wants to tell, tell me about Barcelona? Barcelona was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sick. There were so many people. I like literally blacked out because I was so nervous. Maria was crying in the dressing room. We were all kind of having personal crises before we went on because it was a lot of pressure. And then it was so sick that I blacked out. And when I got back in the green room, I was like, did we play this song? And everyone's like, yes. I was like, but what about this song? And they're like, yes. It was just that exciting that I blacked out. It wasn't from any any substance other than pure excitement. <laughs> Hang on, Ali, you're saying that you got, you got nervous because I've just seen you play and you do not strike me as someone who'd get nervous. Well, you know, what's your name? Ben. Well, you know Ben. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, man, it's uh, it's been a journey <laughs> to get to this point of not being so nervous. We were nervous to go on today. Every show is nerve wracking, especially now that we're in this like hilarious new arena of like playing festivals and shit. It's a different course load than playing a generator show in a park, you know. There's a lot more things, but we're starting to get used to it, and it's exciting. But, yeah, nervousness still happens. Y'all get nervous still? Yeah. I get, like, I get, like, show anxiety. Like, we have to be on at a certain time, and I'm, like, I can't really chill out until it's all over. But I wouldn't say I'm, like, nervous about playing. Yeah. I've figured out how to, like, make all of my anxiety hit me, like, five minutes before we play only. (laughs) I'm, like, able to push it into a really small time frame, which is nice, but I feel, like, insane before we go on. (laughs) I deaf cried. (laughs) I cried into a video on the phone to my wife because I was so scared. (laughs) But then we did it, and it was actually totally bitching. No, it was an amazing gig. You talked about, like, playing... um, Park generator shows because you come from like New Orleans, New Orleans DIY scene, which I gotta say I don't know much about. What what is it like? Paint a picture. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the New Orleans DIY scene is very uh, particular. I feel like it's really different than other cities in the U.S. and that there's just like a lot of different types of music happening. It doesn't have one overarching kind of uh, sound or approach. Um, and yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff happens outside. So there's like, a, you know, either, you know, in a skate park or under a bridge or something like that. People just bring generators and have shows. So um, yeah, there's definitely like this kind of weirdo energy there that I feel like we couldn't have really came out of any other city because um, 
Yeah, because we were combining so many different things and uh, didn't really fit into one particular sound or mold. And uh, the DIY scene was like that too. It wasn't just like all hardcore music or something. There's just like all kinds of all kinds of freaks all collaborating and making stuff. And it it changes a lot. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about combining things because you've got loads of sort of dance, electronic beats, house, gabba, um, jungle... Um, sort of punk, all kinds of things. Like, was that like a, something you decided to do, or was it just sort of one day, you know, that's what came through? I think we kind of set out with the intention of being a synth punk band, but it's all kind of just like our collective influences came through. It's like at this point, I mean, I don't really listen to any contemporary punk. I listen to a lot of dance music, and I think everyone has kind of their own particular tastes. And it's kind of just, yeah, it's like an amalgamation of all of that. Ruth, you nodded very enthusiastically when I mentioned GABA. Is, is that you? Um, well, I think that's all of us, but I think especially right when... Because um, when we first started, we had this kind of like preset 70s drum machine where we had no control over the sound. It was just like... This is it, like, and then I, uh, like, right before we recorded, actually, no, right before we recorded for the first time, I got a sampler and uh, could finally have control over what we were, the sound was, and just at the time, I was, like, listening to a lot of Gabber and really into it, which I actually haven't been listening to a ton of that lately, so I think that influence has, like, waned a little, but, yeah, I was, like, really excited about that, Um, so, yeah, it definitely came through. Please tell me you like the Happy Mondays. Do you like the Happy Mondays? Yeah, I, I'm not sure we've really... Have y'all listened to Happy Mondays? I haven't particularly, but in all the movies about that time period, which obviously Factory Records and all that were super pumped on. Primal Scream. Oh, yeah, Primal, Primal Scream. Scream. Yeah, like, Screamadelica, for sure, and, like, Andrew Weatherall is, like, a major influence for me. And, um... Loaded. I think, uh, yeah, Loaded. Um, what's the other one I'm thinking from Manchester? Oh, Stone Roses. I feel like that's more like my, you know, uh, Madchester influence. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like uh, Primal Scream. That's um, Scream Delica's best album in the 90s, I think, anyway. So, you, you, am I right in saying you're, you're, you call yourself, or you think of yourself more as a collective than a band? No? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely a band, but we do each, we, we come to a lot of compromises with, or, yeah. Our songwriting is collective. Yeah. Our songwriting is collective. Is that in a way like quite a political stance to be collective? Well. No. <laughs> it's not, yeah. It, yeah, it's a human stance. I don't know. These questions are always so funny because it just like special interest just always was and is what it is. And it wasn't like, you know, it's definitely, it's not a collective, It, but it is this like, you know, we all have different, I feel like Mario is about to be like, you know, we make compromises for one another. We all come from different backgrounds and tastes, but like what we do whenever we come together is really just like collaborative. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's just, it's really collaborative, but like, we're a band. It's just, we're a band. Like, it's a, yeah, it's a collaboration, not a collective. I'll stop using that word. I promise. (laughs) 
We got so angry about it. We were like, <laughs> we got so angry. We were like, no, <laughs> we are not a collective. Fair enough. Fair enough. Your new album, Endure, is out in November, right? Um, how do you feel about it? How does it move on what you do? How is it different? What do you think? I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, I, I feel like we, you know, to, to be so influenced by so many different kinds of things and so many different life experiences, I, I feel like we kind of, like, um, got into our groove on this album. Um and also all, like, are at peak of, like, learning how to work with one another and each other's sounds and, like, limitations. Um, so I'm personally really excited about Endure. It's really fun and exciting. And we wrote it, like, in the midst of, uh, you know, quarantine, COVID, which we're still in. It is We are not post-COVID. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It was our only, like, outlet to... Um, be making music at that time because we were fortunate enough to live in a city where our practice space is in a shoebox and we could socially distance. Um, but it's also kind of funny because, you know, we, um, back in the day, we were like playing constantly, like, you know, like in town and stuff. And that's how you kind of test out your songs and like what works and what doesn't. Like in the, like we would, if we wrote a song that was like, quickly in practice and we liked it, then we would play it at the next show and they have zero lyrics. And I'd just be like, (laughs) 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 you know, (laughs) but we didn't, you know, we didn't get that opportunity. So this was all very uh, like much more intimate in that way. Can I bootleg that sound? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I always try to have a deal. <laughs> we have this new song called Foul that we're all very obsessed with. It's me and Maria doing vocals like predominantly and also Ruth. And it's the first time where um, like all three of us are doing a thing on a song. And we have like a classic like demented, just chaotic, screamy moment. And I... I love going Diamando, which <laughs> um, and it's a blast. We love you. <laughs> Sorry, Diamando. Yeah, Diamando Galas. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, the only Diamando. <laughs> it's the only Manda. <laughs> so there's um one of the songs off the new album is called Brackets Herman's House. And there's a lyric that says, um, we'll all be Basquiat's for five minutes or Herman's for life. What's a Herman? Well, Herman Wallace was a part of the angle of three, which are three black revolutionaries who essentially got imprisoned in Louisiana in the classic um, most American thing of putting black people in prison for doing any sort of organizing or thinking outside of the box ever. And I made the comparison of Herman Wallace and Basquiat because they were both very, very much, um, well, Basquiat in particular, because Herman Wallace, well, he's passed away now, but he got out of solitary confinement. Um, But 
But Basquiat and Herman Wallace, they're, they were both very, very much um, just essentially killed by the system. Like, and, you know, we celebrate and, like, praise Basquiat, but Basquiat was, like, very much, like, demented and being pulled in many different ways and masking a lot of things with drug use and stuff. And that is all a byproduct of whiteness, specifically in America, too. It's like either you will be fully persecuted and thrown in a prison and or you will be idolized to like this point um, that does not make you human and kills your soul. Um, And I think that's very much just what blackness is in America. Yeah. Kurdish Radio, another really strong um, song on the album. Um, It feels really dark um have i got it right i mean what what is the song about um kurdish radio i think whenever i was writing it i had just had like a really um big conversation with my friend who's muslim and we were talking just like about 9-11 and just how fucked up that was in america like i'm from like a small texas town and Things were just so back asswards. It was so awful. Like, um, people were just, like, looking for any excuse to be um, really racist. And in my small town, literally, there was, like, an Indian family who um, had a gas station. And they got ran out of town. They weren't even Muslim. It's just, like, that Islamophobia was just so... It was just, like, such a big part of our lives and, like, shaped all of us as Americans and it wasn't really until I was younger where I older and where I could like actually start to process that and um I think that's just like what was going through my mind in Kurdish radio and I make like the comparison of like you know how uh is love like you know is love like Arab oil is it this thing you know also it's like our ideas of like love and how we like connect to each other is this like just like kind of taking and taking from one another and yeah those are just like the things I was talking about with my Arab friends and my Muslim friends and it was also just like me to reflect even as like a black person in that era and the things that like we were all taught um in that time and are still getting taught um and it was just kind of my way of like processing that um but vocally and I didn't you know I didn't go into that song um like thinking that I needed to write something like that it just happened yeah that was also one that like I think Ollie was traveling or something and he wrote it the rest of us and kind of we're thinking it was just going to be a um like an interlude instrumental track and then it turned into an actual song yeah, yeah. I forgot about that yeah yeah I heard I remember I yeah it was going to be an interlude first and I was like wait you guys I think this needs to be a song yeah. and it was and it's great yeah <laughs> One of the strongest songs on the album, I mean, they're, they're all very strong, but one that kind of really moved me was Concerning Peace, um, which reminded me slightly of, coming back to the sort of punk thing, Dead Kennedys. Are they a band you like? I think I... Like, I, I love Moon Over Marin, but I was honestly never a big Dead Kennedys fan. Just not my thing. 
I loved the Kennedys. I'm not going to lie. I love Mr. Jello. <laughs> so good. I mean, you know, he, he just like he was able to be so sarcastic and so forward. And also that like stage presence of just really, uh, you know, really, really intense. I, I think of us as like a part of that legacy of of punk in a way, no matter how like intense it got. Nobody can ever like. You know, nobody knows how intense things are going to get. But I I loved the Kennedys, personally. I don't, I don't think I would. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I would ever, like, be like, the Kennedys. But, like, I'm down, you know? Love you, Jello. Never mind. <laughs> um, also, the album uh, ends with a very long, moving song called L.A. Blues. Um, obviously, we're in LA right now. I mean, what does the city mean to you? Well, it's Louisiana, the other LA. Um, <laughs> it's capital. It's, capital of <clears throat> it's um, it's a reference to the Stooges track "LA Blues," obviously, but also we wrote that during the summer in New Orleans, which is just a very hard and bleak time. And it was during that summer of 2020, like COVID summer before uh, the vaccine was available. And I think it was just kind of like channeling a lot of those dark feelings. Yeah. And it was something that shaped up more as like a ballad later on, but that was one of the first ones that we started working on for the album. Yeah. Apologies. Sorry, what's the difference? Like, how do, what's the difference? Like, L, L, LA, as in Los Angeles, is L dot A. But in, but Louisiana is just capital L, capital A. And so that's the difference. If you know, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Um, last thing I wanted to ask about, if I may, is um, you used, am I right that you used to use a power drill? Yeah. Tell us about what, why, why, yeah, <laughs> we brought it back. Well, well, Ollie Logout has the sickest guitar solo, and this is Maria speaking as a guitarist, but Ollie has the sickest guitar solo on this album because they brought back the drill. I think I don't remember who's, yeah, and it's on specifically LA Blues, and that guitar solo is just. And like transcendiary, it's, it's, it's incendiary. It's it's, it's, it's so not transcendent. It's incendiary. <laughs> <laughs> it's so circle. So you t you took the drill to the guitar, like yeah, um, yeah. We brought back the drill because originally it was me and Maria with a drill in the '70s Volvox drum machine um, playing, but in LA Blues. As, as Nathan was saying, how it like shaped up to be like a ballad that like happened over time. When the more like ballady we would get, the more we were like, yeah, this is it. But there is a um, like after kind of the really climactic portment where I'm like, why God, that situation. Um, it goes into a, it goes into a guitar solo, and yeah, I did that with a drill and a lot of reverb. But that is a drill. We brought it back. Um, don't ever underestimate the drill, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so much. Apologies for uh, getting Louisiana uh, <laughs> mixed up and calling you collective twice, which uh, even after you'd said no, but it's been a pleasure. <laughs>